My guest is a whimsical journeyman from New York, New York, on episode 13 of... Go My guest is a bit of a postmodern renaissance man. He is a performing magician, actor, improvisational comedian, oh yeah, also an advertising creative, day jobs, an inventor, and the author of five, soon to be six, children's books, including the Those Darn Squirrels trilogy, uh, better character development than Star Wars, if you ask me, and the New York Times bestseller, Dragons Love Tacos. There is truly nothing this man cannot do. If there's anyone out there in iTunes land who's listening to this, please clap your hands loudly and scream at fucking obscenity sanity at the top of your lungs, especially if you're in a public place like the subway, for my good friend, Mr. Adam Rubin. Wow, that was a hell of an intro. Was that good? Did I encompass who you are as a person? I'm gonna, I'm gonna copy that down verbatim and use it on the dust jacket of the next book. Let's talk about the new book, Big Bad Bubble. What's it about? Yeah, I gotta plug the book. You do need to plug the book. There's, there's Let's get the plug out of the way. <laughs> there's a potential 15 people who could purchase your book that yeah. are listening to this. Just to paint a picture, I'm holding the book up right now to get as much screen time as possible for the cover. Uh, no, the new book is, is going to be good. It comes out May 6th. It's all about overcoming your fears, and it's about some monsters that are afraid of bubbles and how they learn that maybe it's not, maybe bubbles aren't so scary after all. It's kind of a good metaphor for your time in Japan, Eric. Bubbles are scary if we're extending that metaphor. <laughs> So yeah, well that's awesome, man. I'm I'm excited to read it, and uh, you know I'm sure my my uh, my audience will boost your sales big time. So. Yeah, I'm hopeful. I mean, that's the only reason I agreed to appear on this podcast. I was gonna say we've never met. It's really cool of you to no. come on the podcast. Um, yeah, I just thought um, your your publicity agent. You know, if there was a way to promote my new children's book on a very <laughs> obscure, slightly racist podcast about a Jew in Japan, then I gotta go for it. Um, yeah, when I called your your press office, um, it was really weird. They just said, "I I don't know who the fuck Adam Rubin is." Yeah, fine, whatever the hell, sure. Um, but very polite, uh, very helpful. Yeah, they mo- they mostly do dry cleaning at that place. But <laughs> so you're in Japan. I'm in Japan, how Adam. Crazy. Let's let's talk how about crazy that. it's it's insane. Every every day is is less crazy, but also in other ways crazier. So first of all. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I, I love the podcast. I've been listening a lot. And there's one subject you haven't covered yet, which seems to be really popular for expats in Japan. And I'm curious your perspective on the toilets. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a great question. Yeah, so most of the toilets are, are heated. I assume that's where you're going with this. Uh, I mean, I've heard all kinds of things. There's Yeah, the there's toilets. an electronic, there's like a control panel next to the ones at work. The one in my apartment's pretty pretty standard. Nothing too exciting is toilet tech goes but the the ones at at the office yeah heated seat there's like 10 there's like eight or nine buttons on that panel uh what do buttons do i think one of them's a bidet um they're they're, it's in japanese and you know i haven't really kidding me the first time i was the first day i'm in japan i'm sitting on the toilet and pressing all nine buttons you haven't you haven't messed around with those buttons i haven't what what if it's like a just a whirlwind i picture jumanji happening if i press the wrong button like what i don't (laughs) know what in your butt (laughs) jumanji in my butt, which, by the way, is the subtitle of this episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm really surprised, you know, as an adventurous 
person who decided to up and move to Japan for a year that you haven't tried shooting a stream of water up your butt. Have you ever tried like a robot toilet? Have you ever tried a bidet? I've never tried a bidet. I lived in London for four months. I never, I've never ever used a bidet. I feel like that's an episode waiting to happen, friend. An episode? That could be a mini series. That's a whole episode. Yeah, that's a, I don't know. I mean, so let me just clear something up. So it's post fecal removal, uh, extraction, post fecal extraction. You shoot uh, a thin jet of water into your rectum. Well, I've heard, you know, from a global perspective, there's some jokes about like Americans love paper so much they wipe their butts with it. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense that you would just wash your butt off with water, if it, especially if it shoots out of the robot toilet and it's colored lights and sounds and heated. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know. You've used it. I have never used a Japanese toilet. Uh, I mean, the heated seat, I'll be honest, I thought it was real weird at first, but it's it's kind of cool on a cold night. Yeah, no complaints. It's cuddly. It's cozy. Is it like, thank you for your waste? <laughs> no, I mean, maybe. No, it doesn't speak. The ones I've used it doesn't speak. speak. No. Uh, please do a live podcast where all you do is experiment with the toilet while you're sitting on it. <laughs> <laughs> that could be groundbreaking podcast radio. That would be really good, entertaining audio or whatever you call this. Yeah. So I wanted to tell you about uh, the first time I did karaoke uh, in Japan. Yeah. As oh you, my God, you're such a ringer. So as you know, I'm a big, I'm a big, big karaoke proponent. Passionate guy. Um, karaoke. So, By the way, karaoke means empty orchestra in Japanese, literally. Whoa. Blowing your mind. I know. Uh, so, so my boss at work, one of my bosses at work was like, found out I like karaoke. We were in the middle of like a legitimately like a 15 minute conversation about Cream, the, the band, not the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not the additive. Uh, and like, yeah, he's an awesome dude. And, and so for my like sort of welcome thing, we went to this dinner spot and then to a karaoke thing. So we got like a small room for basically like two hours. We all, you know, sort of sang stuff. But my boss is like such a baller, like karaoke dude that he, I didn't understand what happened in the morning. He brought like all this stuff into the office. I'm thinking like, oh, maybe he's like large, like wheelie suitcase. First drags it to dinner, then drags it to the to the karaoke spot. So we get into this room and he busts out like a bag of tricks. It was like there was a there was like a, a microphone stand that he assembled, uh, streamers, laser pointers, a fake a couple fake plastic guitars with strings, like some cheap badminton rackets in case more than three people wanted to play air guitar, uh, like sunglasses. I think there was a wig. Like the, the the procedure of bringing the the bot the whole party kit. I mean, unreal. What was his? What did he? What did he sing? Uh, everybody sang songs in Japanese except for me and the other American and my my buddy who sort of takes care of me, who I, I've affectionately deemed my babysitter at work. Uh, he did acapella in college, as I've discussed on the podcast before. He loves Maroon 5, so he busted out uh -huh. some Maroon 5, but otherwise everything else was in Japanese. But, like, it was kind of cool, because some of the songs, like, they would explain, like, this was on, like, Japanese Idol. You know, like, this this girl, like, got famous on Japanese Idol or whatever. Like, the J-pop, like, the concept of Japanese pop music, by the way, is, like, I, I would need, like, 15 podcasts and, like, 13 guests, experts. Like, I don't, I won't even pretend to understand it. But there is, like, a group here, I believe they're called AKB38, but don't quote me on that, where there are 38 girls in the group. You know, I don't have to quote you on that because you're actually recording this. 
<laughs> well, well, hold, what did you sing? Oh, I sang Tumble and Dice by the Rolling Stizones. <laughs> and what was the reaction when you flung your shirt open to reveal your chest hair? <laughs> um, it was not as bad as the reaction when I whipped my penis out. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. There wait, wait. My chest, my chest hair has remained hidden at the office. Because I kind of imagine that your your chest hair is like in Total Recall when like Guato when they he kind of opens his shirt and there's like that little man that's actually running the the resistance movement, the little alien in his chest. <laughs> that's that a, I imagine that. That's a very timely reference, Adam. That's a really timely reference. They did a remake a few years ago. <laughs> uh, anyway, I imagine that's the sort of dramatic reaction you would receive from the Japanese co-workers if you revealed your chest hair yeah, in the I, office. I agree. It reminds me of the uh, 1976 made-for-television film uh, My Father's Keeper starring Sally Field <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't busted out the chesties, but, um, you know, I don't know that folks in the Japan are ready for curly cues, quite honestly. Yeah, I'm not sure they are either. Um, but, but, but that brings me to another topic you haven't really discussed on your podcast yet which is the ladies uh, there's there's unfortunately nothing to discuss well i'm sure you've made some observations whether you've been doing any first-hand research or not yeah basically um i don't know anything about japanese people and and even less if possible about japanese women but you know they seem they seem very sweet um there's a lot of a lot of laughter um is I, there a japanese version of speed dating <laughs> Oh my God! I hope so. Probably, I'm sure it's. I'm just, come, I'm just, I'm just pitching you some new, some upcoming podcast ideas here. I, I think that's a great idea. I'm sure there is you know, speed dating. I'm sure it's computerized. And talking toilets. I think you got, you got a couple new episodes. What's the like? What's the deal with Osaka? If Tokyo is the big major city, is is Osaka like the Chicago of Japan? What's the deal? Well, with Well, actually, it's a very funny comparison, Adam, because Osaka and Chicago are sister cities. Wouldn't you believe it? <laughs> You, wow, you are just a wealth of knowledge. A font, some would say. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably accurate. I would say, though, maybe sometimes it feels more like Des Moines. Even though it's the second largest city, it doesn't feel as cosmopolitan as Chicago is. So at work, I wanted to say, I wanted to say this quick story. Uh, to, at work, like a couple weeks ago, I was talking to two of, the, two of the guys who were about my age. I think both of them are married, though. I was trying to explain to them what... Uh, qualifier means in a contract like you know uh you'd add something to the beginning of a sentence to qualify it so like to the knowledge of you know or something like that and so i was like it's a qualifier uh -huh. and they were like qualify what what uh what does it mean and i said well you uh, i said you know like qualification and they said yeah like like eligibility and i said yeah that that's that's true but another sort of meaning is um and I was trying to explain, like, you know, I'm sure I could have looked it up on the internet, but, like, in that moment, I was like, all right, guys, ready? Here's the deal. You're out to dinner with your wives, and a beautiful, like, stunningly attractive woman walks past the table, and you, like, stare at her. And then your wife goes, were you just looking at that woman? You would say, to my knowledge, I was not looking at that woman. No offense, but that is a horrible description of how that word works. <laughs> hey, they understood it and they thought it was funny. So you know what? Maybe the Japanese have a better sense of humor than you, Adam. That's 
I think that's proven. When did you decide uh, to become a fascist? I think it, it was just because I grew up that way. You know, I was raised in a fascist household. I'm sorry, dude. I gotta, I gotta pass Wait, out. one more question. Sure. Well, how do the Japanese people feel about other Asian people? Like, is... I, I know this. I know that Japanese people have told me that the Chinese are loud. That's like the stereotype for the Chinese, I've been told. That they're loud. Yeah, I was like, you should come to my house. <laughs> That's a good place to end, probably. Um, you're a good man. Um, hey, ex- will you promise me? Will, will you promise me that you'll have your mom on the podcast at some point? I don't think she's gonna come. Can I make a plea? To your mom. Will you promise me not to cut this? Sure. The don't. listeners of Go for Gaijin demand your mom's inclusion in one of these episodes. <laughs> the listening audience is so small that no one, no one will be offended. If anything, it's endearing you to an international audience, and I think. The people that have not met mom. would benefit so greatly from seeing where your perspective comes from. I think that's a. I think you've made a very valid point. I will make sure that uh, she gets the message. My mom is a, a sweet lady, and I hope she. Uh, I do hope she'll come on. Big fan of hers, and uh, she. Big fan. She We're made, all big fans. She made me who I am. Well, mom, now you know how important it is that you come on as a guest. Thank you, Adam. Arigatou gozaimashita for listening, and sayonara.